This is exactly right. I'm Barbara Gray, and I wish I was more comfortable showing skin, but I prefer to save my stretch marks for someone I fooled into loving me. <laughs> I'm Brandy Posey, and my spirit is buy one, get one free. Hell yeah. I'm Tess Barker, and what is it like to be a girl? Well, for starters, half of our underwear have wires in them. <laughs> and this is Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. For everyone, that's the fucking best. Come on, baby, it's time to hang out with your favorite ladies. Ladies and ladies, ladies and ladies. Hey, everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, we have a UCB show coming up February 22nd, so come check that out, and it'll be great. They're always great. As you know they it's always are. <laughs> Last time, you know, we had our resident hunk, Rain, Nimith, taking off his shirt again. He handed out coconut waters to people. He read an extremely moving feminist mm. statement, and then he danced to Beyonce's Flawless, and then he stripped and gave out coconut waters. Yeah, that's what happens at Lady Lady Live shows. Also, Barbara married a stool. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And I married a stool at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you're not coming to our shows, I don't know really what's wrong with you. Hmm? Yeah. You should really be there. So, Google that. Check it out. It'll be, uh, we'll be tweeting about it and stuff, so please come to that. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just get right into it. Yeah, I'm so excited for the guests we have today. Uh, she's what can I say? She's an author. She's a journalist. She's a staff writer for the New Yorker. She's the author of the Orchid Thief and Ren Ten Ten. Uh, Co-host of the Crybabies podcast. Yes, Sarah love it. Thier, did I say that right? Thier. Thier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you guys, Susan Orlean is here. I am here. Well, you yeah. are here. <laughs> I'm really happy to be here. We are too. Do you like hear your credits being listed and just go, hell yeah. Who <laughs> is this amazing person? <laughs> exactly. Maybe it's she'll hang you. out with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually awesome. kind of, it is kind of weird. Mm -hmm. I feel like, particularly because like everybody, I wake up in the morning feeling like a failure. So yeah. I, Do you? Oh, sure. I wouldn't trust anybody who doesn't wake up feeling like a failure. That I mean, is very true because yeah, all yeah. the people who have too much confidence are always the worst. They're yeah, just not. that's true. You can, you can smell it on someone when they, when they don't wake up feeling like a failure. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it, it's not that it's crippling. Right. Yeah. But, you know, you don't wake up thinking... I mean, can you imagine somebody waking up every day and looking at their Oscar and saying, I'm I'm like so fabulous? I mean, that I don't think that's a good thing. No. Well, when you're like, I've done it all already. And you're like, <laughs> I well, might as well die. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. But see, I kind of have a fantasy of reaching that point and being like, cool, now I can watch TV. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. One of the most comforting things that anyone ever told me was when I first um, started working at The New Yorker. Mm -hmm. And one day I saw Roger Angel, who is one of the great, all-time great writers at The New Yorker. He's been there forever and ever and ever. He mm -hmm. practically grew up there. His stepfather was E.B. White. And he's, oh, wow. you know, he's the man. Right. Yeah. And he's an unbelievably great writer. So you figure he would feel like, hey, I'm Roger Angel. I'm awesome. I don't. And he was like... Any other, it, the most junior writer turned in a story, would wait nervously, checking <laughs> regularly awesome. to see if he heard from his editor. <laughs> and and actually, um, as he and I became friends, he also said that in certain ways it gets harder. Yeah. Because you compare yourself to 
what you've done in the past, what people are expecting from you. Mm-hmm. So you don't I don't I don't think you ever just say I, I'm really you may say I don't want to work as hard anymore or I feel I've achieved a lot of the stuff I dreamed about so mm-hmm. I can now like watch a lot of TV. Yeah. But I don't think you think I am so unbelievably awesome that <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to sit around being awesome. Well, totally. It reminds me of that Martha Graham quote that I love where she talks about how there's only this divine queer dissatisfaction that keeps us marching and makes us more alive than the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she talks that's about, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think that's how you know. I think if you're really an artist, you never really reach that point. You're always sort of... Yeah, because yeah. also there's a huge gap between accomplishment in in the sort of marketplace versus your own sense of satisfaction and there right. you can have lots of you know i mean those are two things that run sort of separately they may kind of parallel each other but yeah. you sort of hope that they're not one and the same and uh, yeah. if you're really doing something creative it's never it's never perfect no, no, except for a few of the things that I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you That's able different. to separate yourself from that, from from how you feel about something that you've done and how it's perceived by other people? Uh, um, uh, <laughs> that's my own sound effect. Um, I would like to say yes, but the answer is no. Mm-hmm. I I think if you are creating work that is being consumed by other people no matter how much you might say to yourself I'm really happy I feel like I did a good job if the response is we don't like it or we're not interested in it or Mm -hmm. you know it's a big failure I mean yeah it I think it would take a whole different kind of ego to say I don't care yeah I mean you walk by and you see a pile of your books in the remainder pile for a buck. <laughs> God, I can't God. imagine. I'm not yeah, sure yeah. who has the ego to say, hey, I don't care. Yeah. I just did it for myself. Because <laughs> if you really did it for yourself, why'd you publish it? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's almost like saying, well, you could go perform at UCB. Nobody's going to show up. Or the people mm-hmm. who come you know, boo at you and you think, well, I thought I was really good. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like that was just for me. But yeah. No, you're I mean, there to serve other people. It is a form of communication. Mm-hmm. So if it's not being heard, um, that it's hard to say, well, it was successful. Yeah. But I think you have to have some adjustable sense of what success is. Mm-hmm. I you know, but if people say like we couldn't care less and you suck, that's not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, doesn't work for me. Well, I sort of yeah. doubt you get that response very often. But no, usually it's um, I love it because it sucks. No, I <laughs> <laughs> I ironically love it. Yeah, yeah. I hate, I hate, hate, hate love. I hate. I hate reading you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. I hope that doesn't happen. I think people oh. are no people who hate watch stuff. They're not like put in the effort to hate read stuff also i don't think oh no yeah. i mean that That's that would suggest some really twisted sense yeah. of like your life yeah. because <laughs> sitting and watching hate watching television you can also be like doing crossword puzzles exactly. doing your yeah you that's know, just nail background polish. TV. it's mm-hmm. 
it's just it's yeah but to read to hate it, read it's like, real effort uh, that's what Turn we feel lucky about, right. about <laughs> this is awful podcasting too is it's like it would take somebody a lot of effort to go through and listen to all of our stuff yeah. and like find some you know what i mean so it's like very lucky to have this format that people only really get into if they love it you yeah know? although yeah. i did just in the last year i had this like weird ocd thing where i like had to and i, I apologies i don't actually have ocd i hate when people Mm-hmm. diagnose themselves okay, I don't, anyway but i had this thing <laughs> where like i would have to finish every book that i started and i just had this realization like a year ago and there'd be so many books like there, you know I, the da vinci code is an example of what like, we're like i hated it on the second page oh, and i no, made myself you promise you yourself all of it and i realized like it. life is too short to read a book that you hate that was yes. a, a, mm-hmm. a real moment for me too <laughs> I because i also felt like i've just got to keep i've got to keep yeah. going yeah and, mm-hmm. and there's certain books that actually you do have to stick with them that they don't unfold mm-hmm. n- that quickly sure but there'd be books that i'd be reading that i'd think i just hate this i don't like it i don't like the characters i don't like the story and then i did have the light bulb of like oh i can just i, I could put it aside yeah. <laughs> I, I have a feeling it's because all of us are such students you know and yes. in school you mm-hmm. of course are obligated to finish yeah reading a book no matter how much you hate it and sure then you just i get did in that. that habit yeah. <laughs> plus there's something about just turning that last page and being like i did this and just having like a giant yeah. thick yes. book just to be like done it's yeah. in my I hated it's in my it, brain but i'm done yeah yes. exactly i Check. conquered it <laughs> yeah yeah i've started doing that more now i also am totally willing now to not finish movies really yeah oh yeah i've gotten good i've gotten good at that yeah just being I, like no because i watch so many more mm-hmm. movies at home now than i used to i had literally never walked out of a movie because usually you go to a theater with someone yeah and so yeah, it, you're tied. It, it you're, feels you're there. Like unless you're both saying this is mm-hmm. the worst movie ever, which often doesn't happen. But also you feel like it's it's so aggressive to get yeah. up and walk out of a movie theater. Mm-hmm. At home though, boy, I I can't tell you how many movies I watch halfway and then just think, you know, life is short. Exactly. Life is short. Yeah. And I'm not liking this. That's and... great. You don't have to walk anywhere, you just yeah, choose another movie on Netflix or I'll and go like, wander into the other room and start cooking, which is yeah. right. Like then it's a, a soft out. You know? Yeah, it's kind you of don't feel too bad. You're like, I, just, I had to make dinner. I'm sorry. Yeah, so did anyone get killed yet? Okay, yeah. Let me know. Yeah. That was that kind of my uh, point of view when I was single and dating. Just give them a soft out. Yeah. <laughs> just if anyone's been killed yet. Yeah. <laughs> I really, you just change your phone number. Yeah. And disappear. Yeah, that's nice. Fade to black. <laughs> I was thinking, like, because what you're talking about, uh, have your own personal, you know, like, success versus, you know, commercial or whatever. I feel like the moments when I, and, like, you know, it's not been anything huge, but when I've had, like, some, like, success or whatever, I have been too stressed out to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Or, like, it just stresses me out immediately. So it's, like, I'm not happy because I'm too, you know. Have you found that at all? Uh, Well, I, I think it's, actually, I had somebody say something that I thought was unbelievably wise about success that it is the strange combination of both being um, filled with power and infantilized that mm. it's it's the strange feeling that there's not a comfortable way of being in the world if you're being told 
you're so successful or you're so good. Oh yeah. my God, you're so good because, you know, your mm-hmm. own, if you're like a healthy, normal person, you don't believe mm-hmm. this exaggerated reaction. You feel like, well, it's not really that good. And then there's the feeling that it's unreal. Yeah. And that's, and if you are like me, where you immediately feel like, all right, what's the, yeah. Where's what's the, the catch? what's yeah. the catch here? Exactly. Where, where's the downside of this? I mean, and I'm not saying that I don't enjoy things going. I I do completely. I love good things yeah. to happen to me. Of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Controversial. Wait, <do> you? <laughs> I, know. I know that sounds crazy. crazy. It's just my little thing. <laughs> but I I think it's not utterly simple. I don't mm-hmm. think it's Yeah, I mean, there's a lot think of facets. Of somebody I mean, this is a really, really broad example, but if you interview people who've won the lottery, oh, absolutely across the board, it did not make them happy. Yeah. It comes with all of this anxiety and, mm-hmm. it, you know, they don't, uh, mostly they don't enjoy it. A few of them do who mm-hmm. really have their wits about them and they, you know, because that's the ultimate quote success which is you did nothing except get lucky yeah and Mm -hmm. suddenly you have 10 million dollars and you would think oh my god if i just fell into 10 million dollars i'd be so happy (laughs) because it seems like it would be how awesome Mm -hmm. but i don't think that's the case and i think it's sort of the same thing where it's definitely well because it's also like success is also and especially in a project is like an ending of something right. as well where you're just like but the process was my life so right. for there to be like an ending means <coughs> that all of this life that still needs to happen right doesn't have purpose anymore mm-hmm. right you know? well so much stuff is really about aspiring to you yeah. know that actually that was the interesting thing when i was working on the orchid thief was because mm-hmm. everybody for those few of you who haven't read the book no. <laughs> um you know, I was trying to see this ghost orchid, this, you know, rare flower that had created this whole event that drew me into the, the story. Mm-hmm. And I kept making trips into the swamp. And, you know, this was one after another time where it didn't work out for me to see it. And ultimately, and this isn't a spoiler, I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people asked me, after the book was over, well, did did you feel that that ruined the book because you weren't able to then have this culmination of the effort? And mm-hmm. I said, boy, not at all, mm-hmm. because actually it's more like life that yeah. it's the journey. And a lot of times the thing you're trying to accomplish is not, you know, in reality when you're you're faced with it. Mm-hmm it feels kind of diminished as opposed to the huge effort. And actually that was what was interesting in the movie adaptation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because she does finally see the flower and she just says, Oh, it's just a flower. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That had been my fear is that I, you know, I'd spent several years with this as being one of the goals of working on the book. And then I sort of think, Oh my God, what if I see it? And it's just like, eh, yeah, not, really so great and but then that actually was satisfying to kind of come to the realization that of course that's the point yeah um that'd be like saying the day you're born you should die 
Mm-hmm. Um, instead right. of well, you're kind of <laughs> uh, like traveling to yeah. that point, and it's sort of on the way <laughs> that everything else happens. Oh yeah, like I have a thing where I've been trying to meet Dave Coulier for 20 years, and <laughs> it's the same thing. That's your ghost yeah. orchid. Yeah, it's my ghost. Or- he's my ghost orchid. He's my white whale. Uh, but seriously, <laughs> I'm terrified of it actually happening because it oh means a chapter yes. of my life is over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you know, start, you're absolutely right. I mean, look at Moby Dick. Yeah, I mean, that's the template for these journeys and then you meet the whale and it it eats you yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah dave coulier is gonna eat you oh my god <laughs> i know i always used to think that was bullshit people would say you know like life's not about the destination it's about the journey or whatever but i have lately i've been like all oh, right yeah i guess it's true because i feel i'm like oh, i feel happy i'm like working towards a goal and performing comedy all the time and yeah. like Surrounded by inspiring people. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, okay, this is really great. Yeah. I'm yeah. actually enjoying it. I think you're much better off having something that you seek and never get than not having that at all. Because oh, that at least absolutely. gives you a road to go down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think um, it would kind of unnerve me if I didn't have... Um, if I didn't have aspiration or if I didn't have in the back of my mind the fantasy that if I could only have, mm-hmm. if only this would happen, it just would be amazing. And the fact is it's a moving goalpost because I've achieved a certain number of those things. Mm-hmm. And rather than immediately thinking, well, now I'm fucked, I have nothing <laughs> yeah. um you know, you think, oh, well, okay, but then the then there's that next one, mm-hmm. um, and I do think that it would be really, um, it would be strange to not to not have that next thing that and and it's either an internal goal or an mm-hmm. external goal. It could be, you know, I want to be number one on the New York Times bestseller list, or. I want to write a book that's so good that all the reviews, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel blah, 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 you know. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, but I do think it would be, you you need to quickly adapt to the next goal or it would be very, mm-hmm. um, I think it would be lonely. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah, I think as creative people, we're all used to that. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as we're done with whatever, a show, we have the next one coming up. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you always have something to be creating and doing. I think that's, yeah, we're just yeah. born with that, right? I've been played Because I can't see it going away. Yeah, like, I've been played by Meryl Streep in a movie. I want to be played by Helen, <laughs> Helen Mirren. Right. I want to be played by George Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a goal. Yeah, exactly. what, what is that like watching Meryl Streep play you? Um... Very odd. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bet you weren't expecting that answer. Um, Very odd. Very out-of-body experience, definitely. Um, And since nothing else in your life could possibly prepare you for that, you can't say, like, it's sort of like when... Jodie Foster played me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's nothing that... There is no analog, so it mm-hmm. is one of those rare experiences that's truly like landing on the moon where you think, oh, what's the moon like? It's like the moon. It's really. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's very weird. It is actually super weird. And But I also feel like I'm so inside it that I can't imagine how weird it is for like 
people who know me. I think yeah. it's weirder for them almost. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. for me, I can't even step out of it and yeah. say, whoa, that's really funny. <laughs> you know, I yeah. just, it's too, it's too intimate. I mean, I know that sounds funny, but I, I feel like it's a more interesting, fun experience for people who know me well, who can mm-hmm. like say, oh my God, this is so funny. I can't imagine. For me, it's just too weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, watching... I'm used to it now, of uh-huh. course. I've seen the movie 5,000 times. It's but... <laughs> awesome. Did you guys meet up at all to kind of like, uh, for her to get a sense of you? No, or she created no, her own? Uh, she created it on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been all prepared for her to come and study me. Yeah. <laughs> get my accent yeah but she did not which i i was affronted yeah at first like well, well how dare you no i'm kind of <laughs> kidding yeah, yeah um but we met when the movie was um being screened so very very early on and and then became pals because she's really that's awesome like lovely and great and funny and and it was a giant thing in her career yeah too i mean it was a huge transition for her to do that movie and it Mm -hmm. made it so it was very meaningful in her life not just one of many many you know she's done a zillion movies but it was a very particularly meaningful and she wasn't gonna do it and her kids sort of talked her into it and really you've got to because it was pretty different from anything she'd done um from most movies actually yeah <laughs> i mean yeah just there's like no movie general. like that yeah. i mean that yeah. movie is just whew, yeah so many layers yeah <laughs> and I, I think for her in particular it, it was definitely a departure mm-hmm. so i think um she had a couple of friends who were journalists and writers so i think she felt she could kind of create the character and it, it really yeah. wasn't about um kind of attempting to imitate me in any way since the character was so it was both accurate and very much invented Mm -hmm. um so there wasn't this kind of it wasn't a biopic yeah so she didn't need to sort of study me the way she studied margaret thatcher or something (laughs) like that but that's just i mean that movie is such a trip too because like it's so many layers where like it's interesting. I mean, obviously, it's interesting that Charlie Kaufman inserted himself in the script mm-hmm. in the way, kind of. I think that you inserted yourself in the Orchid Thief story, right. Mm-hmm. right? So, do you think adaptation is an adaptation of the Orchid Thief? Like, is it a? Well, it it is on multiple levels because part mm-hmm. of the point is you you adapt by changing. Mm-hmm. That that yeah. adap- true adaptation means change, mm-hmm. not simply. Um, transporting from one life form to another. It's mm-hmm. actually this evolution and change. And so um, on many levels, it's it's an adaptation of the emotional truth of the mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of the book in it. But the the sort of path it takes that's completely outside of the book is really in keeping with some of the the sort of philosophical questions that the book raises. So mm-hmm. even though there's stuff in it that I just, you know, that obviously weren't in the book at all, like yeah. Charlie Kaufman. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it all feels coherent to mm-hmm. me. It's a pretty amazing movie. And I, I'm 
only partly kidding by saying I saw it. I've seen it so many times because I have. Yeah. And I saw it recently. What happens is I'm often asked to introduce it at an event. Right. And I always think, all right, I'm going to watch like the first five <laughs> minutes and then I'm going to go out and mm-hmm. like have coffee while they're watching. And then five minutes go by. Yeah. And 10. And I don't want to leave. And I end up seeing the whole movie again. (laughs) But every time I see it, honest to God, every time I see it, I see new things in it. It, Mm -hmm. It's and, And that's why I always say to people... See it more than once. It's not a movie to see once. And I I think that's actually pretty true of most of Charlie Kaufman's movies. Definitely. You kind of need to see them more than one time to let the the crazy form make Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, let it all sink in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just just in talking to you now because yeah, evolution is obviously such a big part of your book, right. and I'm just now putting the connection together between adaptation and evolution. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Oh right. yeah, and the whole beginning of it isn't isn't. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. All the re- I haven't seen it for a while, but. <clears throat> yeah. Well, he shows you. He says, "How did I get here?" Right. And then he begins with the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Moving all the way through the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's such a great it's opening. pretty yeah. hilarious. <laughs> He's, I just saw An- Anomalisa. I can't even say it. Did you see it yet? Yeah. Oh, oh wait, he wrote that? I didn't yes. know that. Yes. Oh, man, yes. I have to see it. Mm-hmm. See it. It's, yeah. All right, yeah. All right guys. We'll uh, we're going to break real quick. We'll be right back. Hey, we're back on Lady to Lady. I'm Brandy. I'm Barbara. I'm Tess. And we're here with Susan Orlean. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Uh, we're going to play a game with you and get to know you a little better. That Uh-oh. sound okay? <laughs> no. Watch out. You get to hear one of our great theme songs. Oh, yeah. We have songs. Yeah. <laughs> Hit it, David. Oh. Where, when, who, what, where, when, who, what, where, when, who, what, where, when, why? So. Uh-huh. <laughs> Get how it works. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. All right. Number one. Who is your favorite Muppet? Ah, <gasps> uh, Elmo. Yeah. Elmo. Yeah. yeah. I had a Elmo real Elmo thing <laughs> for a while. Yeah. I had a lot of Elmo toys as an adult. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. But I. Yeah. I love. He's a good like therapy muppet muppet i feel like yeah you know we have like therapy pets it's like i feel like if you don't have a pet you can just have an elmo near you and yeah just kinda... he's so sweet and yeah he's always, you know he's, yeah he's always laughing pure yeah. childlike joy yeah <laughs> is that what you like about him you know i i think i i loved his little voice mm-hmm. and yeah. his pure innocence he he was so kind of guileless and um, I went through this period. I did not watch the Muppets when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. I somehow got into them when I was actually like out of college, and I started watching them more. And there's a lot of sly humor, so it's not yeah. that I'm completely no. It's great. Oh, no. It's great for everyone. No, I get but, that though. But I somehow just got really. I, I love the Swedish Chef. I love. There were a lot of characters I really liked, but I. I really loved mm-hmm. Elmo, and I got a an Elmo. It became a little bit of a joke with my husband mm-hmm. getting me like Elmo Aww. toys. <laughs> That's awesome. I, you know, I I no longer have the Elmos, and I no longer have that husband. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> but Elmo it is still your favorite. <laughs> I yeah. still like. I do still like Elmo. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of cool to have that because then it's like, well, he always knows what to get you. You know, yeah. somebody yeah. has that like very specific thing. You can find a lot of stuff. With Although that. I yeah. have go that, too far though. As you can see, I collect, I've collected Pez dispensers since I was a kid. And I still like them, but uh, this is like a very, very small percentage of my Pez collection. Uh, <laughs> and my family, like whenever they travel anywhere, will get me Pez dispensers. And it's mm-hmm. like to the point where like I at this point, I'm collecting it for them. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I actually had to begin telling people because I collect a lot of different stuff. And there's first of all, I want to get it myself. I really don't yes. want other people to get it. The whole point mm-hmm. is. I want to get it. Yeah. And then they'll get ones that aren't like quite the one that I Mm -hmm. would get. And so I did actually begin saying to people, you know, I'm all done with that. Yeah. Fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, Because I didn't want, Mm -hmm. I just really didn't want them giving me these things. So I'm just that kind of person. (laughs) (laughs) What are you collecting right now? Well, for a while I was collecting globes. Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they got kind of expensive because people started actually collecting them. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was collecting uh, lawn sprinklers. I know. Oh. But that's a space <laughs> thing where, you know, you can only collect. I've collected a bunch of them and they're mm-hmm. really super cool. Like I have the kind that walk on the lawn. Oh, and cool. stuff. They're really neat. But they're kind of big. So at some point you have to stop or you have to buy a house for your sprinklers. Yeah. And that that just wasn't <laughs> happening. Mm-hmm. I guess this kind of reminds me of like I or it leads me to this question of like how do you whether it's a collection or like a story you want to follow, how do you identify those impulses? It's just intuitive. It's just something that's, you know, if you said to me, why would you start collecting lawn sprinklers? Mm-hmm. I, I would prob it was probably that I saw one at a yard sale and thought, oh, my God, that's so cool. Yeah. And it just there's no rhyme or reason. But similarly with stories, something will just stick in my head in a certain way. And I'll think, oh, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And usually... I try to push it out of my head and see if it comes back. Mm-hmm. And if it does, and it just keeps sticking in my head as something I want to know about. Yeah. And it, it's not where I think, oh, this will be, have a big audience or mm-hmm. this will please my editors. It's more that I think, oh, I really want to know about that. I'm really curious about it. And I think that authentic interest is really important for me with with mm-hmm. stories but same with you know i remember one day i said to a friend now with ebay mm-hmm. you could wake up and say i collect fill in the blank and you could get all of them yeah. in five minutes on ebay mm-hmm. and i as an example i said to her you know i'm i think i'm going to collect those you know in the 50s there were a lot of um plates and teapots and stuff that were made to look like um, an ear of corn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And I said, nice. you know, I'm going to have an ear of corn collection. Yeah. So I go on eBay. <laughs> there are like billions of ears of corn. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, A, you know, proof that this exists is some weird thing that people collect. Yeah. B, 
there's no fun in mm-hmm. clicking on 10 and suddenly having it would be like having a decorator do your house and say you seem like an ear of corn person so i'm going <laughs> to be doing your kitchen yeah. with ears of corn so it really tends mm-hmm. to be more that i just start thinking oh lawn sprinklers these are nuts these are so cool and i have bought some on ebay but i somehow it's Again, this is like the quest versus the yes, like yeah, right. Getting the thing mm-hmm. I want, I just rather have fun finding them in odd, unexpected places. Yeah. But same with stories, you know. It's just something. I mean, if you look at the the list of stories I've done, I can tell you in each case I said, "Oh, I really, I'm so curious about that." Mm-hmm. No particular reason. It just stuck in my head. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I have like a um, my some of my grandmother's old like uh, glasses that she had. They were like these like tall tumblers that had like um, grapes in the side of them. Oh yeah, and all of them broke except for one. And I remember I was last year I was in Nebraska and I went to a thrift store and they had a full set, but then oh. they also had plates like they had it was like an entire set that I had never seen before. And I was like, I don't like knowing that there's this much of it out <laughs> right. there. Right. So I just bought like one of the glasses because I was like, I don't need Isn't that all of weird? This. I feel yeah. like it's, com- it used to be you'd go to flea markets and you'd mm-hmm. have this thing like, if only I could find an ear yeah. of corn pitcher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This would be so awesome. And you go through, you know, the tube socks and the broken watches and all the other crap that mm-hmm. people have. And then maybe you would find stuck in the back of someone's booth yeah. The ear of corn and you feel like, oh, my God, this That's is it. so great. Yeah. And somehow just going on eBay and saying, OK, ding, you know, it's a whole category like, oh, mm-hmm. the ear of corn department. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now there's no That's winning the lottery versus being yeah. on the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't want to win the ear of corn lottery. No. It, right. Exactly. <laughs> and I can't tell you how fast I backpedaled from that idea. I was like, no, I don't want any. Yeah. Get them away. Yeah. <laughs> also, it feels like it's meant for you. If you just find it, like I'm really, right. I love mm-hmm. Betsy Johnson dresses. And especially now that she's, you know, her stores are out of business. If I find a Betsy Johnson dress in my size, it doesn't matter if it looks cute on me. Like no. it's, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. meant for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's, it's just, much more fun and that's actually it's sort of interesting because I've often someone recently said to me a friend who was moving into a part an apartment and and he said so you know um do you have a decorator and I said god no I can't imagine living in a place that someone else decorated it seems so weird like would you (laughs) would you see stuff and think oh that's such an interesting painting I wonder I wonder where it's from. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I completely get that. I mean, it, I can see if you said to someone, I'm trying to figure out how, where to find a sofa that fits in my weird shaped mm-hmm. living room or, you know, I. it's not, it's just this weird idea that somebody would say, okay, it's ready. Come on. Yay. Here's your home. <laughs> yeah. I would feel like I would be in perpetually in like an Ikea showroom or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what I, I think you're here? just living yeah. in Is it okay display? if I sit here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like mannequins coming to life. It's television's cardboard. Even though I need that though. Like I have no design sense and I've had like 20 things to put on my wall sitting on my floor for three years. So. You know? By the way, I shouldn't, and I'm not disparaging this because I do know people who say, look, I just have no. Yeah. I, I don't know what to get or where to get it or mm-hmm. what looks good with what 
and then that makes perfect sense. I mean, I yeah. completely understand it, but it is this weird thing where you think, would it feel like you're... Mm-hmm. House, but I do know plenty of people who yeah. just said this is not my thing. I just want someone to make it look mm-hmm. pretty and nice, so, and that yeah. makes sense. I guess it's, you know some people really like to cook for themselves, and some people would prefer to have a chef, right? You know, mm-hmm. you either sort of have the drive to do that or you don't, right? Yeah. Yes. Do you use a thesaurus? Yes, you do. Oh God, yes. And I, I am a. Um, kind of an activist for hmm. the use of the sources. I, I don't understand why. I do think the reason people um, think of it as a, a shocking is that it's something that particularly like high school kids are doing a paper and they want a fancier word. And so they look in the thesaurus, they pick a word that's fancy, but actually don't realize it isn't quite precisely the meaning yeah. so they've written something that makes no sense right and it's all just filled with these $20 words <laughs> but I think it's an amazing tool and a lot of times I use it and then I don't end up using the words that it suggests but it makes me think of other words I mean if yeah. you write all the time sometimes you just feel like ugh, my vocabulary is a little worn out I mean I need a little yeah. bit of new material and you forget mm-hmm. about words that you just haven't thought about in a while and yeah i i think it's a great tool i love mm-hmm. it is there like an is there people who don't or is there something about not i used using to it? not i mean i've started to use one more but uh for like the reason of like oh it just won't be in my voice if it's not a word that right. i organically came up with uh well that's where you know where it, it's the most Mm-hmm. badly used and particularly when people feel like I need a fancier word yeah like, <laughs> right a fancy right. one <laughs> that no one's ever heard of before but sometimes you know either you've used a word too many times and and you just want some variation or you're just you you can't think of quite the word that mm-hmm. you need that's to convey something in particular and you're just sort of jogging your own memory. Yeah. yeah I've started to use it more. Yeah. For, for those instances where it's like, well, I can't use that twice in that paragraph or, you know, or right. you know, like those mathematical reasons, I guess started to get me back onto them. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess for a while I looked at it as having an interior designer. Uh, the, 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 the source is your friend. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Susan. I'll remember that. <laughs> I feel like it's just, yeah, a reminder of like all the other words, not like, you yeah. know, yeah. taking over your voice. Well, you know what it's like? It's like if you had a decorator who brought you pictures of 10 different sofas and you picked the one you wanted yeah. as opposed to the designer picking it and having it delivered to your house where mm-hmm. you say, I guess that's my sofa. Yeah. <laughs> I love when people come into those rooms on those makeover shows and they hate it. It's oh, always so, so funny. When they're like, ah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, a lot of those too, like the 24-hour ones, they look, they're like, they'll they're like shoddy to the walls. Yeah. They're like made out of cardboard. Like yeah, they don't actually good. renovate these houses. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just for like the, yeah, for the camera. Yeah. <laughs> and then they like, leave and your bye. house is way shittier than it was when they <laughs> Yeah. It's like I've been in a couple of bar rescue bars and they're like, yeah, they took out our whole oh, their sound awful. system and they just like made everything beige like it's no there's fake wood that's it that's all they do to all of them yeah everything gordon ramsay who i love has made over though if you go to one of his restaurants it's just like there's now there's 12 items on the menu and they're all super expensive (laughs) yeah yeah thanks (laughs) great makeover Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right next question all right what is your favorite way to de-stress 
Um, I would say, besides drinking, um, <laughs> exercise, actually, running. Yeah. Samsies. Yeah. Yes. Or I do a certain amount of stress shopping. Mm. Yeah. Which is um, expensive, you know. Yeah. And it maybe <laughs> not good. such a good idea. But <laughs> if I'm really stressed, I also don't feel like shopping. So yeah. I would say if I feel really stressed, it's being outside, going for a run or going for a hike. Mm-hmm. How long are you still distance running? Not uh, not like that. I ran the marathon but quite a long time ago and then continued running a lot, then took um, kind of a several-year break. Mm-hmm. And I just started back up again last summer. Oh, cool. And remembered how much I really liked it. Um, but I'm not now running the same distances, partly because I feel I, I'm not yet – I think it's so much of a, a really a mental thing where you have to say, I really am going to be running for the next hour and a half. Yeah. And I'm not yet mentally tough enough. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking – I want to go home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't quite get over that hump either. I l- I'll do it, but I never have it in mind that I'm going to be doing it for a long time. So I'm like, okay, exercise for 20 minutes. I'm done. Yeah. That's it. You yeah. Do. Yeah. Like the first for me, a long run, like the first 20 minutes is me just being like, you're not going anywhere. Just hang out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is just where you're going to be. Just get comfortable. <laughs> I always, for the first 20 minutes, am arguing with myself about how I'm going to turn around and go home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, this is horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. And then at 20 minutes, I start feeling that I could do this forever. Yeah. (laughs) I could just like, I'm just, I could run forever and ever and ever. And then there's another switch at about 40 minutes where I think, I've got to go home. Yeah. I I need (laughs) to go home. home. (laughs) But then you're 40 minutes away from home. So, (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah, That you you call an Uber and say, I got to get home. (laughs) That sort of comforts me sometimes on long runs, just knowing, like, you know what? Shit goes down. You can always call an Uber. Yeah. You you don't have to be here. (laughs) Oh, I've definitely, like, I was like, I'm going to, like, walk across the city to go to a thing. And I was like, it's too hot. I'm calling a lift. Yeah. Yeah, but boy, that's, you know, I always liked running loops because I never, I felt like when I was training for the marathon, I thought, I don't want to run like 20 miles or 10 miles away and have to run 10 miles back in case I like freak out. Yeah. So instead I would do a loop of three miles near my house because I thought, you know what, I'm never more than three miles from home. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm never more than less than three miles from home because it was a a loop. Mm -hmm. And it was very comforting to just think, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm not out in another county. I'm really just close to home, but I'm just going to keep running in circles. (laughs) Which some people don't like, but I kind of liked it. Yeah, do you like to know like how many laps you have left and that kind of stuff? I'm unbelievably obsessive about, you know, I can't run without a watch. I mm. really literally can't. It's it's such a crutch for me. And I, I'm really, you know, I don't know why this is, but I, I, if I stop it to cross the street, I stop my watch. And then yeah. I start it again when I get across the street. And it, it's so silly, but there is something... I'm somehow very dependent on it. It's mm-hmm. it. 
I guess it's sort of some kind of reward where I think, okay, 29 minutes, 29 and a half minutes. It's, mm-hmm. It feels so concrete. Yeah. Um, but I've literally turned around and gone back home when I realized I didn't have my watch on. <laughs> mm-hmm. It makes sense, too, because if you're running a lot, you need something to make it like a different, you know, like, okay, I'll go for a minute less this time or whatever it is. Yeah, you or, to, yeah. you know, sometimes I'll get, I'll decide, all right, I'm going to run... 40 minutes and I do a loop and I get to my house and it's 38 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'll run up and down in front of my house to make (laughs) up the two more minutes. And I think, what is wrong with me? (laughs) I, I'm also like that with writing when I'm working, I I have a word count that Mm -hmm. I assign myself per day. And I'm really very exact about it. And it, I think it's to make something that feels very abstract, Mm -hmm. really concrete, where I think, look, I'm going to write a thousand words today, Mm -hmm. and then I'll know that I'm done, rather than just like, I'm going to write, and I hope I get a bunch done. Yeah. It's... I'm going to do those thousand words. And if I get it done really fast, then I'm, I'm done. I can take the rest of the day off. And if I don't get it done, I have to stay till I get done. It's like having a boss, which I haven't had kind of ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Praise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of it's some kind of discipline that feels separate from just saying, I, oh, I'm going to do a lot of work today. Mm-hmm. It's, Cause how do you gauge that? I, I, you can't. And I actually find it really tough. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a person who does to-do lists because mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, I've worked for myself for a very long time. And I know that you can get up and futz around and, <laughs> yeah. you know, suddenly the day is gone. Mm-hmm. And but your house is so clean. I'm, I know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, amazing. I was yeah. actually organizing my makeup today and I thought, yeah, this is the sign that I have something due today. <laughs> yeah. I have a story due. Uh-huh. I just r- organize my lipstick mm-hmm. like by shade. And I yeah. think, but that's important, right? Yeah. <laughs> I like the thousand words a lot. I, that's a good way to do it better than like I'm going to write for a certain amount of time because I definitely spend so much time just like, uh, you know. But I, I don't think time is a good measure. Yeah. I really don't yeah. because um, I, I think that it's too um, elastic depending on, I mean, I think to say, okay, I sat in front of the computer for five hours doesn't feel good. Yeah, the no. way saying <laughs> I wrote 800 words. Mm-hmm. The other thing is you can project forward and say, I have a 5,000 word piece mm-hmm. that I'm trying to write. If I do a thousand words a day, I'll be done by Friday. So it's very, right. Yeah. It makes it very concrete as opposed to saying, well, I'm going to write like four hours a day. It doesn't tell me what I'm really going to mm-hmm. have on the page. Mm-hmm. Do you stop yourself at a thousand or if you're on a tear, do you keep going? Well, if I'm really on a roll, I, I'll keep going. But I, I, I also feel like and, and if I get ahead, then I think, well, that's great. So I got a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. But a thousand words is is a pretty, um, that's a pretty robust number yeah. of words. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it you can exceed it, but you're not going to suddenly have written five thousand <laughs> words. Right. So, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I certainly don't 
like have the electricity shut off after a thousand words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mid sentence, right. done. Ah! <laughs> All right, you guys, uh, we'll be back with a lady problem. We are back. I'm Tess. I'm Brandy. I'm Barbara. And we're here with Susan Orlean. Hey. Yeah. And uh, you want to help us answer some advice? Sure. Questions? I am full of good advice. Oh, answer good. some advice? Yeah, give some advice. Give How some about advice. that? Yes. All right. Let's do the theme song. Hit it, David. We did that at a live show once. David's playing yeah. our. We have uh, we have so the segment's called Lady Problems, but we ha- like adopted a baby, an adult baby, and that's his theme song. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll drop in the real one. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's funny. We should yeah. leave that. In. Yeah, that's I've hilarious. Been there. I, yeah, that's great. You guys get it. They you, it. you know the song. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hi, ladies. Want to start off by saying your podcast is my absolute favorite. Favor with a U. Mm. Oh, fancy. She's in Canada. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay, my lady problem. I just started a two-year medical imaging program, and I'm completely in lust with my cardiac instructor. Cardiac instructor. I can talk. Whenever she talks to me, my heart starts to race. I was hooked up to an ECG one day in the lab, and every time she came by to check on me, she could literally see my heart rate increase in her presence. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> I know this crush will never amount to anything for so many reasons. She's my teacher. She's married. She's straight. But only. But on the other hand, I sometimes sense a, a mutual connection. She gives me certain looks, and sometimes she seems nervous when she talks to me. I get crushes all the time, and, and they usually fade away as I get to know the person. But this one is persisting, and I will have to see her pretty consistently for the next two years. How can I get over her? I'm trying to remind myself how unrealistic this crush is, but then I sense this connection and get pulled in all over again. Any advice on how to get over a crush on a teacher would be very much appreciated. Mm. The, e- the ECG thing is so cute. That's cute. Yeah. Can you imagine if people could like sense your that every time they walked in a room, you know? Yeah. The only <laughs> thing yeah. I ever experienced that I would say was worse than that is I had a huge crush on my fertility doctor. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was really because I, I mean, that was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> Did you find a way to get over it? Uh, well, I actually decided to just kind of enjoy it um because what could i do i Mm mean it really was (laughs) not meant to be (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but he was i really had a huge crush on him Mm -hmm. and you know it was a little bit less than ideal since he often had my pants off (laughs) but but i just thought i'm just i just was so happy whenever i saw him and i i would think to myself I think he really likes me (laughs) I do really think he likes me I think because it was so utterly insane I never actually fantasized that anything else would ever happen Mm -hmm. but it was like a safe crush kind of yeah because it was just so I mean I I did sort of enjoy it and yeah I think I I feel like crushes on doctors or authority figures is like 
my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at you being good at your job. Yeah, <laughs> and you are so powerful and confident. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, actually, I've had a lot of crushes on a lot of doctors. Mm-hmm. And I had a, <laughs> like a super crush. I had spine surgery two years ago. I had like a, such a crush on my spine surgeon. And yeah. I remember, you know, I mostly yeah, yeah. saw him in scrubs. And I thought, yeah, well, he wears like stupid scrubs. So I shouldn't have this crush be such a big deal. And then I went in for my checkup and he was wearing like an Armani suit. Oh, and I, oh Lord. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I guess the thing is with crushes, if you want to find out if the other person actually shares the crush, you mm-hmm. have the potential of making your friendship really awkward and yeah. unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys watch Friday Night Lights? Of course. Oh, yes. All right, so we were just it, yeah. watching this episode last night where Tammy, the the teacher mm-hmm. who is like her buddy, this the dorky teacher, Glenn, who oh, yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. adores her, and you know he has a crush on her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she obviously really enjoys him, mm-hmm. and and then... You know, there's a scene where he's they're like saying goodnight and he suddenly kisses her. And mm-hmm. you think, oh, you fool, because <laughs> you could have just enjoyed this crush yeah. kind of without limits. I mean, crushes are awesome. Yeah. There's no like responsibilities. There, you don't find out the things that you don't like about each other. Like a crush can just kind of be like. A hobby yeah although I, yeah. I think a crush yeah. i think a crush on someone that you see on like a really regular basis i could see how that would be really tricky yeah like a, a crush that you're not supposed to, i mean i think someone that you see kind of you know sporadically mm-hmm. but you're working kind of with her every day but someone that you're lot. working mm-hmm. with Except, don't mm-hmm. we all enjoy having the office wife or office husband of course yeah, yeah. See, oh, yeah. i feel like those are Unless it's causing you sadness mm-hmm. and discomfort, or if you think, look, I really need to know if she feels the same way. Yeah. I think it's, it, it can be sort of enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I just like, I need, like, I need to know, or like, I need some. I don't know. I, I can't do it with no result. You know, it's like I need really? to like. But don't you usually still get crushes on people even though you have a boyfriend? I do. But it's been a while. I mean, most of the time it was like, no, I need to figure out what's up here. I don't mm. I don't like just like having. I uh, Yeah, I need some action. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not okay with most of the time. <laughs> let me just yeah. put this out, which is I think that most of the time if you have a crush on someone and you suspect they have a crush on you, they probably do. Mm hmm. Yes. Um, I mean, to go back to Tammy Taylor, since right. that is the template of all truth. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tammy. She actually, I wouldn't say she had a crush on Glenn, but I think she, they had a special connection yeah. and a sort of private relationship that mm-hmm. even Kyle Chandler at some point gets a little uncomfortable. He comes mm-hmm. into the room and they're sitting and yucking it up and having pizza or something, and he's clear. And you think, you're, you're Kyle, Kyle Chandler. Chandler. <laughs> it really, you're threatened by this guy, but the fact is, yeah, they do have this little special mm-hmm. relation. So, so I would tell your listener that, um, that the feeling is probably there, but it doesn't yeah. mean anything will 
happen or could yeah. happen or should happen i or mean if happen. the person's married i mean i think you really do need to respect if someone's in a, re- a serious relationship or married you gotta and you have it. a crush on them i mean again yeah even if it is reciprocated it's gonna mm-hmm. put them in like a pretty um mm-hmm. shitty situation right to have right. to deal with but i think you yeah. can just enjoy, enjoy that you it. have a special oh yeah feeling yeah and not and mm-hmm. um and and not find not need to resolve it mm-hmm yeah, I, that's interesting because I think thinking that you have to see everything through all the way to the end, then you do feel guilty about the crush. Whereas mm-hmm. if you just give yourself permission to kind of revel in it, yeah, then right. it's not really something. And also, to... ultimately, it always happens that if you have a crush on someone and it's an impossibility and you have the sit down, you get drunk and you say, you know, I really have a crush on you. You're, yeah. you the friendship is almost always ruined. Exactly. Then. Oh, yeah. oh it yeah, is. Yeah. There's no going back from that. Yeah. yeah. Plus, like crushes can be fleeting like maybe are you are you going on dates or doing anything like is this a crush because you have nowhere else to put affection mm-hmm. you know what i mean like are you pursuing anybody else or is this like oh this is the person that i've decided to like invest my heart in for right. this time. she's probably yeah very busy and not like going yeah. out that much so i'm assuming she's at work mm-hmm. most of the time and yeah she's kind of mm-hmm. putting her eggs in this yeah, basket so maybe try dating other people see if that mitigates it a little bit right yeah right um wait oh i wanted to say this because we're talking about friday night lights so i don't have time did i say talk it. about did i talk about how to google my therapist and what i found she likes friday night lights she had a vision. I found her Pinterest board, and on her vision board was Tim Riggins. Oh! <laughs> and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever found in my life. Barbara's therapist looks just like and her. And she also and looks exactly like, like the same. Yes. Yeah. And I Googled that, and I was like, I can't. She's perfect. <laughs> She's just as perfect as Tim Riggins. I know. Oh I was my dying. God. Isn't that so that funny? That is really funny. <laughs> oh, man. I've never. Um, sometimes. Googling is a is it's, a dangerous. It's thing. not good. I shouldn't have done it, but I, I like couldn't help myself. Yeah, that is hilarious. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's a little note to go out. On. Uh, I'd sure put him on my Pinterest board head if I had one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clear eyes, full hearts. Um, all right, Susan, what do you got? Uh, what do you got coming up? Do you want to plug? Plug your Twitter. Uh, well, I've got, um, besides my podcast, which you already mentioned, mm-hmm. Crybabies, with my pal, the wonderful Sarah Thayer, um, I've got a couple of different uh, little book projects that are about to come out, mostly awesome. collaborations with artists, Ooh. which is kind of fun. Cool. Um, and and then I'm working on a new book, but it will be uh, like 500 years till I'm done with it. <laughs> but it's a, a book about the L.A. Public Library. Oh, so cool. when the time comes, it mm-hmm. sort of focuses on the arson fire there in 1986, which oh, wow. was a very big event and uh, biggest library fire in the mm-hmm. history of the U.S. And kind of a cool story about the library. So that's what I'm working on. Yeah. Awesome. That's I'm, awesome. You know, I'll, I'll get there. It's yeah, just, you will. I'm a little behind, <laughs> thousand <laughs> words a day. How uh, many How many words do you think it will end up being? <laughs> uh, actually, a typical book is like a hundred, say a hundred thousand words. Oh my God. Okay. All right. So a so hundred days from now, everybody, put it on your calendar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god just uh, keep my, running yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm, I'm sweating <laughs> all right you guys well susan this has been fantastic thank yeah. you so much thank for coming you. Thank you, you guys are wonderful i had oh. so much fun oh, I'm thank glad. you for doing it check out her podcast cry babies and we'll see you guys, we'll see next, you guys week. next week bye-bye 
Can't get enough of us? Subscribe to our Patreon for exclusive bonus content, access to our first 100 episodes, and more. Go to patreon.com slash lady to lady now to sign up. As little as a dollar a month keeps a roof over the glam cave and keeps you laughing, even when your coworkers stare. That's patreon.com slash lady to lady. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at lady to lady comedy. Join our Facebook group, Lady to Lady Podcasts, to chat with other fans about episodes or even post your own lady problems. Check out our website, ladytoladycomedy.com, for show notes, videos, and merch. And duh, follow our individual accounts, Babs Gray, Brandazzle, and Testify Barker for jokes and info and where you can see us perform live. And if you want to send us snacks, stickers, or a lock of your own hair, I don't know, whatever, our P.O. Box is 412-794, Los Angeles, California, 90041. And please, leave us a review on iTunes, but only if you like us. We love you. We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.